0: Eat a lot of beef and a lot of meat I love beef man. Mm-hmm. I love a good steak You? No No Mm-mm. You went vegan a while ago right? Yeah I'm vegan now But I can't You know what when I, was eating, when I eat a lot of meat It hurts when I fucking shit I can't shit When I eat a lot of meat I can't fucking shit You know, you know what know? I think The
1: solution to that is? What? Don't eat meat mm-hmm. You know what If so I crazy. can't fuck
0: shit But if I can't shit Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
2: Hey, everybody, welcome to a special edition of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. Mike, we got a great guest today, man. Awesome guest. Exciting.
0: Very awesome. This is very. Interesting guest we have. Yeah, it takes a lot they're... to get me
1: out on a Saturday morning
2: I love to that. do a
0: podcast. Thank and you, we not just podcast,
1: but also to Hotbox But I would like I do this. I, you know, I come in here Sunday midnight, you know, three in the morning. Tell me we, when to come. I'm here. From... I love that, John Heilman. Everybody, thank you guys. It's just awesome to be here. This is, I've been looking forward to this day ever since we started talking about doing it. So here we are. And I grew up here, man. I grew yeah, I, not not in El Segundo, but uh, in fact, you know, when my dad moved here from uh, from for the Midwest in the late '50s. He was from Milwaukee, and he when he moved out to California. The first job he had when he moved to LA was working for Litton Industries, a, a aerospace firm in El Segundo. So uh, we are we're like this like feel like feels like I'm in my ancestral spiritual home. But I grew up in the Valley, out in the Far West Valley, out near yeah. in uh, Canoga Park. Nice um, man. So that's my uh, that's awesome. my and I was here for the first 18 years of my life, and then left and. um have not lived here since but I come back a lot. So LA always feels like my my original Where do you live now? I live in New York City. Okay. Yeah.
0: Love it up there now, huh?
1: So you know I, I moved from here, your your current home to your old home. And in yeah. fact I lived my first place I lived in uh, when I moved to New York in two thousand two, two thousand three was in Fort Greene.
0: That's i That's where, I grew Ooh, I was that's where my so dad lives. Yeah, so, Hospital.
1: Yeah, so I lived right on yeah. the park, right on on Washington, Washington right on Washington Park. Yeah. I lived on I lived on at two o nine Washington Park yeah, on the no corner. No shit,
2: my dad lives at two o eight Washington Park. Oh, no, no. no. Fuck, that's
1: that's crazy, man. That's that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh
0: no. So my wife and that's I live my wife and trip. I live there
1: right on the corner of, of Washington of Washington Park and DeKalb, like right and across yes. right across from to the park. I live on the Franklin between the and Willoughby. Yeah, that's that's and you know that park as. You you know man like now it's all gentrified and so yeah. you, the park is great you can go and hang out there with the dogs and everybody all day all night it's great it's and beautiful and 15 years before 20 years before you could not go in that i remember park. around
0: 1977 they were filming a movie that, uh, i don't know it was around 77 76 i guess the education of sunny carlson or something and they had all the gang fight um pictures in washington park mm. i a little kid we all went down there
1: yeah. wow Man, that's a. Uh, it used to not be that. Uh, it, that was not a. Uh, that was not a place you went at night. No, scary. Not not a Real place scary.
0: North Portland Avenue, South Portland. Yeah, it's cr- it's
1: cr- it's crazy how that that all that whole part of Brooklyn, you know, the Fort Greene, Clinton Hill, yeah. Bed Stuy.
0: If you, you want like um white or Puerto Rican or Italian, you better not go around. There. Yeah, right. Now, you know? not not the case now.
1: It's yeah, like no. it's nice. It's actually one of the great like as that's that there, there's some places in Brooklyn that obviously totally gentrified, but that neighborhood. Still, that whole complex over there. Bedstai, Clinton Hill. uh, Brownville. Those are. Yeah, Brownsville still it, has the Bra- yeah, that, that,
0: <laughs> we can't. we got to change the name. Yeah, right. <laughs> the name is bad. It, just bring, it, it brings up so much stuff from the past. But it's bad. a nice
1: mix over there. A lot of Brooklyn now, it's like you got yeah. these nice neighborhoods where it's like, you know,
0: half, you know. You don't have to worry about somebody snatching your head off or something.
1: That's that's true, and that's that's probably a good thing. But you, you you lived there when it was a lot tougher.
0: Holy moly. Mar- mm. Listen, when I go to said, was my life a lie? Yeah. Was that actually true Did I live like this? This is not a place that somebody that had nothing in ways on welfare, and it's just unbelievable what they did there. How do you like California? California is God's country. Yeah. How long have you lived here now? <laughs> I lived here before. I, I, I moved. I moved back here a year ago, but I lived here right. before in 80, 87.
1: Right. Eighty eight. And you moved back out here when?
0: Um, last year. Last year. Yes.
1: Right. And so you're. And you're. This is it. You're here. You're. You're done. Your California's gonna be your home forever now.
0: It appears that way, but I don't know. You look, you look pretty. At, you look at home here. I am at home here, but you just never know what um, the energy has in store for you.
1: He's got the shirt. That's a. That's like that's a shirt of a person who's a who's, that's a, cow, who's guy. That's a. That's That's an L. That's an L.A. shirt, is what that is, right?
2: Thank yeah.
1: you know? yeah, for sure. Thank you, David. You're
2: welcome, <laughs> man. Um, I did the opposite. I was born in New York City. Yeah. Lived in Park Slope till I was ten. Then my mom moved my brother and I out to L.A. Went lived in Burbank, Burbank, right down the one hundred and one from you, man.
0: Yeah, listen, if you lived in New York, you wouldn't have this Zen energy, man. You'd be a
2: great. I know, I know. I might have just turned into a weed dealer
1: by <laughs> state. It's be- it's. I think it's the better the path. I mean, like I the, I think that they, both places are great and they have great energy and it's kind of great too. I don't know. I've, I always feel like I I have become such a New Yorker, but I still have that California thing, like down. You know, it's like people in New York still. There's like the. You gotta you gotta have a metabolism to live Absolutely. in New York, right? You gotta have a sort of metabolism, high energy, high energy right? But yeah. but then the question is: Is there at the bottom of that? Is there stress and tension, or are you basically, Connected. or are you basically chill, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think coming from California and living in New York, it's like there's a you know you keep my metabolism is pretty high, but there's also like this. I still have like the California that core. I, I, still have this, that. I still have this California bottom. That resonates I mean? with me. Yeah. For you know sure. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I think you meet people who like, who can work in both places. There's people you meet yeah. in LA who could never hack Handle. New York. Yeah. And you meet people in New York who could never hack California. Yeah. LA. They'd just be like, they're lose they're their minds, lose their minds. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if you have that, then there's this kind of category of person who can play in both places. and yeah. like feels comfortable in both places. And yes. I, that's a good, that's a good See, vibe. I vibe it. with that too. Yeah. People in
0: me. New York, um, i so amazed how friendly the people out here are. Yeah. Wow, people in California are so cool? You know, you could talk to them. You don't know them, you say hi to them. You would not say hi to somebody in New York if you don't know them. Yeah, how you do? You just walk right by. they might mm. "Who the fuck are you?" What? You hitting on me, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, New York is weird. You, if you don't know them, don't say. They don't have time. Yeah, don't say anything. People don't have time. I think. I think most people, if you
1: came up and said, "Hey," they probably say, oh, they yeah, probably say sure. hi.
0: Yeah. Listen, when it I is was you, um, this what happen one day. I was yeah. um came back to my old neighborhood. I was fourteen at the time, right? And I was living with cuffs, so I had probably a year or two. So I have a whole different life reaction than back in Black Brownsville. So I'm in Brownsville, and some guy on the street when I'm with my friend, and he said, what's up? I said, hey, what's up, man? Because I'm used to being, now everybody knows me. I fight, they say, everybody says hi to me upstate New York. So I come to here, and this guy says hi to me. Hey, he said, hey, how you doing? And my friend said, "Yo, Mike, you know him? I said, no. Nah. I what you say hi to him for? I said, I don't know fuck that nigga! Don't say hi to that motherfucker, and that's just how it was. Wow! If you don't know,
2: don't talk. To and him. your friend was
0: still in the Brooklyn well, mindset. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of lifestyle it was. Yeah. Don't say hi to somebody you don't know. Yeah, dude. I remember this that guy might be trying to hit on you or something.
2: Yeah. That's the mindset. I mean, in L.A., you might try to say hi to somebody, and they might be totally emotionally shut down. <laughs> but, you know, dead. They're still... Dead, dead, uh, at this, like dead, yeah. dead
1: at the level of soul. Just yeah. completely dead soul. Yeah, but like at a soul, least... Like a, a zombie soul, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like the, yeah. this, like the soul to, of one of those zombie dragons but, but you
0: in you have Game to, of mean, Thrones. true. They have totally yeah. two it's different cultures. Yeah. yeah. It's totally two Totally
2: different. <laughs> uh, but similar in certain aspects... I think there's a a level of thinking happening in both cities. Yeah, that you know is very high level.
0: New York is this way. Well, well, it's funny. And like LA is this way. Well, just yeah. on, like just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, I mean,
1: just uh, even like you think about on the if you go. Yeah, I lived. I lived. So I grew up here, and then I've lived in a bunch of places. I lived in Washington D.C. and Chicago and London and uh, and Boston, a bunch of places. And then at one point, I went up and lived in San Francisco for about four years. Um, like 1998 to 2002, right before I moved to New York. And what's cool is, um, and the thing that you're saying, I think that is true. If you think about these big, broad uh, social change, you know, whether it's like, whether it's legalizing cannabis or gay marriage or the environmental movement or whatever, like big like big things that have changed the country, um, a lot of them start here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. in, a, a lot of them in Northern California and to some extent in Southern California where the social the, – the progress takes root in California and California is you know, 10, 20 years ahead of the rest of the country. And then the sort of next – the East Coast, which everybody thinks of being as super liberal, everybody thinks California is super liberal too. But it's – even though they're both liberal politically, the the change often starts here and then sort of gets adopted by other progressive minds outside of – California, so it's like California is like the birthplace of a lot of those changes.
0: I would say that a hundred percent. Yeah, and that is the Black Power movement, right? Yeah, Yeah. California, totally. Mm, You think about all the
1: shit in the late '60s that came out of that Northern California scene, whether it was like the free speech movement, the Black Power movement, the 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 the, yeah the, the the environmental movement, computers, you know, and all the stuff around people taking control over their lives through technology, you know, the notion of personal technology and yeah. the ability to like, you know, use these big computer systems. We come to this where we have this. Where it's individual, right? Yeah. That's – like that's a huge social change too and a lot of that stuff took root up there and then, you know, eventually kind of like the, the thing starts on the West Coast and gets adopted then on the East Coast and then eventually washes over the rest of the country when, you know, when it gets more broadly uh, – more broadly embraced. Uh, But that's why I think there's something in common between uh, California and and New York, even though they're totally different in the vibe of the place and a lot of the metabolism is different. It's still the openness to new ideas – you know, tends to be – you see that. That's the thing that holds L.A. and New York are kind of in common. You get those places that are willing to embrace change in a way and then kind of push the boundaries of what's what's considered conventional or acceptable. And, you know, still the case that cannabis isn't legal in New York State, you know, which is – you know, you think everybody says New York is like the most liberal place in the country. Right. It, but it's – but, you know, they're still behind on some stuff like that. You know, we're, we're going to get there and it's not going to be – it's not very far off now, but it's not – it hasn't been at the forefront of that change. What do you think
2: about in New York City the stop and frisk situation?
0: They still have that now. That they stopped that.
1: Yeah, they stopped that. You know,
0: it was uh, <laughs> they stopped? They
1: stopped that. You know, De Blasio moved away from that. I think. You know, it was. Uh, you know, you think about the period. It's
0: very Costopoulos. Yeah. yeah. You it, know, it was yeah. not.
1: It was not. You know, you think about the three terms that Mike Bloomberg had as mayor were really good for the city in a lot of ways, and there were a lot of things that were. Um, you know, the city got better in in almost every way that you could that you could measure. But there were a few things that were still fucked up that needed to change, and I think that was one of them for sure. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's a it, you know, there, there's it takes time to change some stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, for uh, sure. You know, that's a that's of course a a, a Giuliani thing. You know, from, from where it started was mm. back before that. And you know, just uh, uh, it, it's a pretty good place now. You know, it is New York's a pretty good place. It
2: definitely is. It's a mecca when I go there. I get to visit probably once a year. And you said you grew up in Park Slope? Yeah. Born in Park Slope? Yeah. Well, born at St. Vincent's. Yeah. In New York City and you know, then grew up in Park Slope.
1: So you and Mike basically have like Brooklyn have kind of like Brooklyn yeah. Brooklyn Brooklyn that. Brooklyn DNA in common. Yes. That's we why did. you guys are doing this podcast together. That's how we came together. I see so, like, yeah. You guys have the seven yeah. one down and deep in your deep in your in your gut somewhere yeah. you got the seven one eight. Absolutely. Okay. The seven one eight. Fuck. Big That's time, it. bro. It's, Brooklyn. it's the funniest thing when I lived – I lived in Brooklyn for, from, for 10 years, more than 10 years. And what happened in those 10 years from 2003 to about when I left in 2016 – so I was there 13 years. Wow, fuck. Um, a long time. <laughs> um, I forgot it was that long. Um, I, made a, I might have been stoned for part of that time. It's possible. Um, but what happened was Brooklyn became this big brand. You know, you think about when you grew up there right, like Brooklyn was – like Manhattan was the shit and yeah. and the outer boroughs were the outer boroughs and exactly. but people thought Brooklyn was like less right and then Brooklyn exactly. and then Brooklyn got super trendy right so it's like that whole the brownstone Brooklyn thing that was you know, the Cosby family made that as a television show made really famous. And then Williamsburg, where I lived for a long time, became like the capital of hipster Brooklyn. So you would go to like Amsterdam or Paris or wherever, you know, Copenhagen, and people talk about Brooklyn now. Like Brooklyn is like, yeah. cool. for yeah. a lot of people around the world, Brooklyn is cooler. Very hip. Is cooler in their minds than Manhattan is. For sure. New York Magazine, at some point in the middle of that, they did a thing about how uh, uh, Brooklyn being, you know, the new Manhattan, you know, and Manhattan's trying to catch up to brooklyn because like if you were you know the 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 combination of it's so you know more racially diverse and all that kind of artisanal shit going
0: on that's all crazy but listen all that stuff is great going on i'm still apprehensive about living there yeah really my past my past experience make me apprehensive i don't care how beautiful that place looks right Uh. You know, just, whoa, be so careful. I, so if I took you
1: back to Park Slope and we walked you down the street well, in park I know slope. what it looks like. Right, but you're walking down the street with a bunch of people's strollers. You'd still be like, you'd still have the <laughs> clenched up. You'd be like ready for a fight.
0: No, I'm just saying anything can happen. Yeah. People see in Brooklyn. Yeah. They just drive by in cars, get out of cars. They don't do no drive by, but they get out of cars and start trouble, people, New York people. If anything, people see you, it's just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, I know Brooklyn for being violent. Yeah. You know, you're on Park yeah. Slope and you're not, and you um and you're not Italian, you're dead. Mm. You know, you're dead. If you're in um, Howard Beach, you, um, you're black, you're dead. Yeah, It's hard to, I think it's hard to get over, like, when
1: you have a, the formative experience of your life where you have a certain kind of, like, you grew up someplace.
0: It kind of doesn't matter if the place changes a lot. You still, no. it's still. I've it, seen them dead bodies on the streets. Yeah. You know, you never forget that. Mm. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's, it's when hard. I go there, I said, wow, I remember he got shot here. I remember they threw that um, big bolt off the roof, the refrigerator off the roof on the on the cop's car here. And, you know, wow, this place is beautiful. White people live here now. Holy shit. That's how I think. I said, holy shit. I even saw that. Are you white man?" She said, yes, I am. I'm saying she's talking shit and everything. So I'm saying, Whoa. They own the neighborhood now. It's just a trip out changed like that.
1: Must have been fucking weird for you to do the Broadway show, right?
0: Hey, um yeah. Because I was, um, when I was a kid, right down the street where I would snatch people's chains, I snatch their pockets out their wallet. Or uh, people on the street would, after I did it, that next day I would come by and the people that owned the store So say, You little motherfuckers start throwing things at me or chasing me because they saw me snatch the chain the other day. And now I walk down the street, everybody's, Mr. Tyson, Mr. Tyson, gotta get your guy, Mr. Tyson, Mr. Tyson, Mr. Tyson. And that's really freaked me out. What a trip. Yeah, it really freaks me out. What a trip.
1: It's like, uh, I mean, you can't escape your past, right?
0: No, I don't
1: try to escape it. No, I mean, just in general, people. I don't mean you, yeah. but I mean, just in general, yeah. your past is your past. Like, yeah. you have... It's those there. associations, when the stuff that, like, that like your idea of what, what a place is like from when you grew up is so powerful, how much... Yeah. How he leaves those impressions, that are never gonna go away, like somewhere, no matter what it looks like, no matter how much it's changed, you still have the thing of like this is what it was like when i was when I was coming up, right, and that's- what was
0: that movie um when the old man had old, and the little kid had the old man he said, "May I have more, sir, please?" What was the name of that play? You remember that play hmm. he asked for more, but the guy was the kind of guy he had all the little kids they lived in London he had all the little kids go out and steal and bring the money back to him
2: um. It's a Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens, yeah. Um, but that was my Oliver, life. Oliver Twist. was. My life Oliver, Oliver Twist.
0: We had our parents. We had our parents' friends. And our job was to rob people. My parents, my um, my mother would have a boyfriend I have a man. I don't know if it was a boyfriend. I never saw him before. To have a man come and have sex with a man, we would rob him. We'd cut his pockets. We'd, you know, rob him. Then have an older guy come up here and throw him out. Something like that. What you doing my woman? It was just everything was a scam. Everything was about beating the system. My whole life was um, fucking um, consistent about beating the system or the white man or whoever it was that owned this world. And we were fucking um, subservient people, but we had to come up some kind of way. I had no idea that I was just poor and I was uneducated. I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how I got put in this world. What was my crime?
2: Man. What do you
1: think, John? I think you know. I think that your story is like one of the great American stories. Mm-hmm. Is what I think. I mean, I I was watching. I watched on the way out here uh, two movies that I'd seen before, but I watched them again just for the hell of it because I thought it'd be cool to watch them. I watched the Toback movie and then the and then Spike's movie, and just thinking about the you know, I think the. The, the, I mean, you—you you got a lot of life in front of you. You—you you and I were born like six months apart, right? You were born sixty-six, yes. right? So June,
0: June thirty. So
1: January twenty-third, sixty-six. So we're six—you're six months younger than me, yes. basically, right? So you got a lot of life still ahead of you. We—I we hope we're going to be around for a while longer. So who knows where the story goes? But just this part of it, you know, you think about where you came from, what you live, the good and the bad, right? Just the whole arc of it. It's just a great, you know, if you think about America in the second half of the 20th century and you know now into the 21st century the the story you lived from that description of your childhood through you know the rise the fall the rise the fall you've had a couple of rises and a couple of falls it's a fucking great story i mean like i again it's the good the bad and the ugly but like as a As a story of of, of overcoming adversity of reaching the highest heights you know and and then having to suffer various kind of challenges and setbacks and overcoming those and getting to where you are it's like it's a you know the story is the ending has not been written like i said you got a lot more to go, but if you were going to write like about a great you know you're thinking about a like what would be a, among the many great American novels that could be written this is a great it's just a it's a fantastic it's a fantastic journey you're on. That's what I think. It's, it's an incredi- it's it's incredible, it's an incredible that, right? fucking
0: tale is what it is. It's interesting that you said it because um, life is... Um, I, I explained it like this. But I said like, I know somebody that grandmother was a slave. I've known somebody who was old enough and his grandmother was a slave. So I'm saying he knew his grandmother and he knew me. So this man knew a slave and he knew me. Wow, the distance between the two, it seems so far away, but it's not.
1: Yeah, it was like, it was one of the things Chris Rock talked about. I remember a few years ago, that's cool. A couple years ago, Chris Rock did an interview somewhere that I saw where he talked about how his grandmother, I think his grandmother, not his mom, I think. But I think it was his grandmother who in South Carolina, like within his lifetime, his grandmother used to have to go when she would get, uh, when she would have to have dental work done. She would have to go to the veterinarian mm. in South Carolina because, like, no dentist would see a black person. So if she had to get a tooth pulled or something, she'd have to go to the, dent- the veterinarian to get the dog to get her get her tooth pulled. Right? Oh yeah. And that was like, but that's like a thing where you're like, it's like Chris Rock, and it's like this was he did this thing. It was maybe four or five years ago. I remember reading this interview. But just to your point about like he's like, you know, my grandmother used to have to go to the veterinarian to get a to get a, a, a tooth pulled. Right? That's like within my lifetime. That's how fucked up things Nothing. were.
0: No, um, yeah this is interesting this is very this is do you know the scar this is happened this is the grandmother but it left a scar on him yeah right totally yes you don't even know this woman probably yeah but it left a scar on him yeah Mm. you know and that's how it is in all um I don't know I know definitely black communities we're scarred from the past Mm. you know most of our pain the pain from the past you know and we um We internalize them to the future, you know. I mean,
1: that's the other thing. I think if you've lived your life, you just got an incredible number of stories, too. Like, just I'm a great, you know, I love story. I'm a storyteller, right? So, you know, I think about just having lived, you know, the things that people are obsessed with in America, right? They're obsessed with money. They're obsessed with fame. They're obsessed with winning. They're obsessed with celebrity. They're obsessed with a lot of – that's a lot of stuff that American culture is obsessed with, right? You at various times have been at the absolute pinnacle of all those things, right? The greatest winner in your, in your thing that you competed in, in your sport, you know, made a shitload of money, lived at the highest level of glamour, celebrity, fame, fortune, media attention, tabloid culture, going to prison. Like I mean all the shit that we're all obsessed with. At one time or another you've been the at the absolute top of the mountain or the 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 you know going to prison at the absolutely you know the depth of the val- the valley you know and again, people are obsessed in this country with prison too, right like we have, people watch fucking prison shit on television all day long. You just have lived this like you know. For all the categories of things people obsess about, you have had some experience with, and not just an experience with, but, like, the most extreme experiences with. And I just, like, when I hear you tell the stories you tell, the memories you have, good and bad, I just think, like, it's kind of crazy that you've been at the center of so many of the different, like things that people in this country spend hours and days and months like that's just obsessed with. That's right? interesting Absolutely.
0: too that you say that because all these things you see, all these pinnacles of success, all these um, Venus and all this stuff, all I experience, and then I experienced a total, and none of it meant anything. Right. I haven't seen nothing. Right. It's nothing. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I haven't been anywhere. I haven't made my first step yet. So when, do, when does it happen yet? When I die? Do I start living then? Now that's where my mind is. What happens when I die? It's a good, this, qui- it's a good this, question. This, That's what I can't answer. To this energy that I have, like the energy you have right now, even in your mind, yeah, whatever it is, what
2: happened?
0: I'm sorry. What happened even, with yeah. that energy? The energy die? It's
2: okay.
0: Does the energy die? Does this energy we have you just go black out and die, or does it, you know, does it travel somewhere into a bug, a butterfly, a rock, a tree? What do you think,
1: John? You know about I the don't, toad? I don't have a clue. I know about the toad, and you know, um, I do, and it, it, it's a. I think all of the. This is another category. Who are you,
0: John? Who who am I? Well, you can't – What's your purpose, John?
1: Those are good questions. I got the toad right here in front of me, or at least a version of the toad. Yeah. So I think you know it was funny. I was just literally on TV a couple days ago talking to um, uh, to this guy. Uh, who wrote this book? Do you know this guy, Michael Pollan? Yeah, you know that is. Yeah, I'm just finishing How to Change Your Mind. Right. So Pollan is, you know, a famous, uh, famous writer. Lives up in Northern California, and had written most of his career about food, and and, and particularly about vegetables. Like, right, has written, uh, wrote this book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, uh, and and yeah, wrote great
2: uh, nutritional,
1: yeah, writing. So the dude's a, so the dude's like very, he, and he got interested in psychedelics. Because of his interest in in plants, like as a as a nutritionally and otherwise, but he's obsessed with plants, right? So and he's written huge best-selling books. The Omniper's yeah. Deliver was a was a giant number one New York Times bestseller for a long time. So he wrote this book that you've read or are almost through. Yeah. And I'm sorry about the name thing. He take, always man. takes me two. Dude, it's my tries. cross to bear. It takes me two, know? but it always takes me two times. We just met, so I got I'll never fuck it up again. Thank you. Um, but he wrote – so he's written this book about, uh, about the psychedelic movement now, like where it is now, not the 60s version, not tune in, turn on, drop out, not like the – and that there's right. like a lot of legitimacy to that too. But He gives a little history of that, which I thought was is is cool. helpful. Yeah. But, but it's funny because his book um, is about the fact that the – to a large extent about what's going on with uh, the increasing acceptance in the medical community – of the therapeutic benefits of various kinds of psychoactive drugs. So mm-hmm. it's like from from MDMA, ecstasy, yeah. to organics like psilocybin and the toad and other like organic, Ibogaine, other stuff yeah. that people take that grow yeah. out of the ground. But all of that stuff which was you know demonized for a really long time, and to some extent LSD still is, yeah. um, but all of that stuff which was demonized by the culture for so long now it's starting to change, yeah. and, and it's starting to change because of a relatively small number of people who were – who have fought this fight for years and years. A friend of mine, when I was uh, at – I went to Harvard as a graduate student at the Kennedy School of Government. I see you. And um, I'm ah. – <laughs> <laughs> I say that, though, not to, be, not to brag, but just because I met a guy there in 1988 whose name was Rick Doblin. Oh, yeah, of course. Head so, of maps. Head of MAPS, so Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. And Rick had started MAPS a couple years earlier when I met him in 88. Mm. And so I've known that guy now 40 – that's 30 years. 30, over 30 years I met Rick. And Rick had, in 1988 was talking about how MDMA, mm. psilocybin – Marijuana to a lesser extent, but he was mostly focused on the psychedelics, had these potentially huge therapeutic benefits for terminal cancer patients, for uh, soldiers with PTSD, for all that stuff, right? And this was 1988. Okay. Wow. In 1988, we were. I thought in 1988 there was no way that, that weed would ever be legal. There was still a huge thing that you had to decide in nineteen eighty eight if you went to get a job someplace, like, am I gonna allow myself to be drug tested? That was like the fucking war on drugs yeah, that was, was the
0: thing back then. I don't want to know I got drug tests, no drugs. Test. Right, but that was the <laughs> but that was the big discussion, right? You yeah, had for sure.
1: Nancy Reagan, just say no, all that shit was happening. those you know, it was that was a big cultural moment. So to have somebody in nineteen eighty eight say to me, Hey, you know what, like, first of all, weed's definitely gonna be legal in our lifetime. I'm like, I don't think that's true. I like – he he was sitting in his apartment. He's holding a bud this big. And I'm like, okay, I like that. Let's smoke that. I can smoke that whole bud and I still – you're not going to convince me that that's going to be legal in my lifetime and now it's mostly there, right? But he also was talking about the psychedelic stuff and he was like, this is my cause, right? I'm going to try to work within – Real legitimate government channels to get the FDA and the DEA and all of the, the, the appropriate authorities to reschedule some of these drugs so that we can start to A, A, do research on them to prove that they're medically beneficial and then to start actually using them with people who, can, who need them, right? 1988, and I was like, Rick, I love you. And I believe in this cause, and I had done all those drugs, and I loved them all, and I thought they were great, and I could see, like, I'm not just from a recreational standpoint, I could see what he was talking about. I'm like, I could imagine that a cancer patient or uh, someone Soldier, with PTSD, yeah. these could be powerful things that could alleviate people's pain and help them to uh, help them to 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 to, to 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 heal and to achieve higher understanding and all that stuff. But I thought the guy was fucking nuts. To think that that was ever going to be achievable on a timeline that would be meaningful to me and him. And Michael Pollan's written a best-selling book about how it's happening. Yeah. Like at – The best medical schools, the best research institutions in the country, are breaking through and saying, "Yeah, you know what? This shit's real. This is this is going to work. It is therapeutic. It is legit. The harms are minimal, if any." And we need to change the laws. And And the laws are changing. And it inspires you. And it's inspiring, of course. And so the laws are changing, and we're breaking through. And so you know, I think you know, it's like I've I've given up my my. I, I always was hopeful about these this these achievements and this progress but i was skeptical about it cuz i thought the culture would fight back but i'm now i'm like you know what like the progress is happening on all these fronts so much faster than anybody ever thought it would happen and there's still a long way to go but now i'm like you know i think we're going to get there and yeah. and we're and people who need these medicines are going to get them and people who who need them for who aren't even as extreme as cancer patients or or people with with PTSD people are going to like we're like the progress is happening this is a place where there's a lot of fucked up stuff in our world but on this front, you well, can think, see every day that things are getting better. They're absolutely. getting better.
2: So well I think that the the state of this country of the world, the state of consciousness that we're in, is calling these things out. You know? Yep. That's why people are being of drawn to these.
0: Need to um, realize there's some things on this world that we can't explain. Well it have exactly. you
1: guys I don't know how much you guys have talked about this on the podcast, but what what got what made you start to experiment in this area? I don't know how much you guys have. You guys might talk in about in this in all the time. Psychedelic? Yeah. Oh yeah. This what, is interesting. Have you guys spent time on this, oh, on this podcast oh, yeah. a lot? we talk right. about it a lot. This is going to be so, a very interesting It might be repe- so. It might be repetitive for some of the uh, listeners, but I'm interested. I no, just want to no, know, man. Yeah. I want to know what, how you got there.
0: Oh, listen. I'm I'm, a, I'm an addict. I'm a really. I'm a bad addict, and I'm a drunk, and um, I'm a sex addict. Oh, I'm, I'm addicted to everything. Okay, so I'm living my life, doing my cocaine, doing all my stuff, and one day i um, I don't care, and so we're doing a part, like you, and this guy's a doctor, and he's talking about some kind of drug that's going to make me see God,
2: 5-MEO-DMT, and
0: this, and it's going to like being in heaven, you're going to, and I'm on cocaine, with. I said, really? (laughs) Oh, is that so? And I said, where is it at? He said, I have it right here. I said, well, give me a check. Let me check it out. Let's check it. He said, well, we can't do it right here. I said, Why not? Because I didn't understand that kind of drug that you had to situate, you had to position yourself. I didn't understand the drugs is right. what you take in the street. You just take the drug right here and let's continue talking. <laughs> I thought we were going to do it, but it wasn't that. <laughs> so he said, all right, wait. And so during our conversation, he's talking. I said, man, where's the shit? Are you ready? And he said, oh, no, wait. And so we go in Mexico somewhere. And um, and he put some golden dust. It's like gold dust. He put gold dust in it and he, said, and he lit it and he said, inhale. And once, that, once it came out, well, it was all cool. Once it came out, whoa. I, oh, I said This is the first, this is what I said. Oh, shit. I fucked up. These white motherfuckers killed me. I'm dead. Oh, shit. Fuck. Why am I trying to prove I am dead? Oh, shit. I'm dead. And um, I woke up. I guess it was ten minutes later. And man, I was so afraid. I didn't what know was what that? happened.
1: What was the first thing? Well, what would you know what that was? The first thing you did. The first thing when it hit me. Yeah. What was the? But what was the substance? What was the thing you were? The sm- toad. It was the toad. Okay. Five meo dmt.
0: Okay. 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 Um, I seen Um. Aztec pyramids. I see hieroglyphics. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing chambers of the past. I'm. Yes. yes. It's, I can't see myself. I'm, it's no—it's just energy. My body doesn't exist, and it's just noise and oh—you can't even—you can't even explain i stopped breathing. i died. And I was telling the guy, I said, "I'm not dead. Am I? I'm dead. I am dead. Uh, I'm dead. Right? I'm fucking dead." Keep it. You can be real with me. I can handle it. I'm dead, right? And um, I was so scared. Once I woke, I said, "Where's my wife? Where's my family? I, I, where's everybody at?" And I said, "Do they know where I'm at? Do they know I'm here?" And I was just, um I've never experienced anything like that before I actually died, and um I didn't know what to do. I, it stripped me of my ego. I thought I was a tough guy. When it strips you of your ego, it's like ego killing. Ego uh, death. Yeah, killing drug. And once it kills, you don't know, man, you feel so you don't even know what you're afraid of. You don't know what you think somebody's going to kill you. Fuck you, rape you, murder. You don't know what's going to happen. And you just, fuck. You're happy it's over. But after it's over, you get that, um, them dolphins. that feel like, what the fuck happened? And I'm mean, just so happy to be up, and I'm fucking crying. I'm holding people, and that's the first time I did it. Right? Have you guys ever done
2: a pod at, while you guys were all while doing DMT? I know. Oh my god, that's a. It doesn't last
0: that long when you do the DMT. Yeah, help yourself, there, John. No, no. I'm, well,
2: I figured the tray is there
1: for a
0: reason, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, yes, I looked.
1: I considered that kind of. A, I
0: like haven't. Her. I haven't
2: done the toad. I've done DMT and psilocybin and LSD. And I think that, you know, anyone who tries these things, guys like Rick Doblin, yeah. Had you tried psychedelics at that point? Yeah. You had. Yeah. I mean, to me the experience is, I would say that has, by the
1: time I was a, by the time I got to graduate school, which was that was that 1988, so I was like I was in college in 19, 1983 to 1987. There were not that <laughs> many substances that you could name that I didn't have not tried. That I had not tried by 1988. There a was like some. It yeah. was some. It would be on the li- on the list of stuff that there is to try versus stuff that I hadn't you tried. You tried a lot. The list was over here was a lot longer yeah. than the list over here. Hey, I get it, dude. I totally you know,
0: get after that. I did the toilet, I never wanted to do cocaine and end Yeah, know, I, didn't, I, didn't,
1: I mean, yeah. for
2: me, it's something about these experiences that is so uplifting, connecting. You know, it dissolves. The disconnection, the isolation—you know—in any way, even if you are
1: alone, right. you know. But you've done now. You've done MDMA. Uh, I haven't done MDMA. All right, you gotta, you gotta make some progress. You got we gotta help him. I don't know. That's I'm like not really called ex- to that's MDMA. Like ecstasy, well, you don't have to be. Yeah, you don't have to be called. MDMA. I just, I just think you should. That's do that. my vibe. You should though. broaden your experience. Yeah, yeah. it's So you got one, lo- one life, sure. man. One life,
2: dude. I as far mean, as I know, I've been really no. I think we're here a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh, you do? You're, you're a re- re- reincarnation guy? Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. You know? I think that's legit. Yeah. I just, you know, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing about, like, if you believe, if you are, yeah. I, I've always th- thought about the notion of, like, people who believe in reincarnation versus people who don't, right? Like, what how that changes your life, yeah. your life philosophy. If you think you're coming back, yeah you have a different approach to I, things than if you think you're only here once, right? It's not that
2: as much as- Do you think that's as... our
0: ego thinking that we're coming back saying that?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. I, do. I don't. I, I think do. that I do. the only way I can conduct my life is guided by the higher power that I've come to have a relationship throughout my life. Right. You know, and that's not, that's just whatever it is inside me yeah. that tells me when something feels right and good and when something feels off yeah. and wrong. You know, uh, and, how do
0: you feel? Um, how do you feel that every, everything we learned since we've been a child about the world has been a lie? How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I don't know what that means.
0: What does that mean? I don't know. You know, I'm fucking um, Adam and Eve, fucking Christmas, and all that bullshit. And how this shit got with you know Martians came here and fairy tales <laughs> did this, and <laughs> my, my my baby my baby was born without a dick and come. You know all that stuff. Well, I, some of those stories I'm familiar with, and some of
1: them I'm not. But, um, I, you know, uh, <laughs> some of those stories, like, like the Santa Claus Christmas thing, I'm familiar with. The dickless Baby thing, I don't know You're as much like about. That's, somebody, not, that's not what I know. Somebody about. being born without having. <laughs> no, I'm, I understand. Sex I'm something. just, I'm
0: just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't know, man.
1: I think you know. Uh,
0: um, someone would say the eagle, the the angels blessed them with. Yeah, someone yeah. Blessed these people. Yeah.
2: John,
1: so what is your take
2: on life then, oh, dude? Come you on, think man.
1: we're just here? What kind of pod- fucking once? What, what kind of a podcast is this? This is like a fucking. I'd, like. Are you my priest? My shaman? Which one? More like, like a what? shaman, well, maybe. More like a shaman than a shaman. I don't know, man. You're. I, this is not my area of expertise. What are we No, no. But
0: are you, are your feelings about this? my
1: my sense about my. But I, this um,
2: ties my... into your overall feelings about the state of the country. Yes. Trump as a president. I think it fucking, is... fucking. You know, abortion laws being put into place in 2019. Yes. All of this. How shit do you feel about somebody together? telling a
0: woman what to do with her body? Like she's useless; that she doesn't know what to do with her body. I, I feel she's a fucking puppet.
1: I feel very strongly opposed to that posture, and, <sighs> and I find it really troubling that there's anybody who thinks that they should be able to legislate control over um, over women's or anybody else's bodies. Uh,
0: so I'm I'm against that. How do um, who gives them the right to have even fucking authority over women? I, dig- I think. Why don't women have a fucking authority, a fucking council for their own fucking living because they're
1: totally two different species there's a question there's a question a lot of women are asking especially right now when they feel like they're having a lot of their rights constrained or stripped away from them i'm not a
0: liberal guy you're not no and and i really believe that you know women should have their people they should be able to live their own right and they shouldn't have their own laws because we're fucking we'll violate them anytime we get a chance that's our nature as men to violate the weakest sex even the kindest men
1: yeah uh I think, I don't know, what's what's our question? What's the question on the table? I don't know, John.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I just, uh, you know, as far as, here's my question. here's, here's, uh, Here's my question. Yeah, go ahead. Why does it matter? Why the fuck does it matter to stand up for what you feel is right if this life is trivial and you only get one shot at it? Why is that important?
1: Well, I'm not sure that I. uh, I. I, We're going to. to, uh, This is like a you know not a political philosophy question, but a philosophy philosophy question. And again, I I claim no expertise to this, nor do I think anybody really could possibly give a shit what I think about it. But I will say that I think that that to say that you only are here one go round, and that there's no either reincarnation nor heaven or you know there's no afterlife. If you believe that you are here as a corporeal being, you're going to be here for however many years, and when you die, it's over. Your consciousness is done. You've finished. I don't think that's at all that the corollary to that is that life is trivial or that I think, you know, you could argue the opposite and that, you know, we are – you know, we have sort of profound obligations to our fellow uh, travelers on this planet for however long we're here and that, in fact, the the notion of life is a – uh, as a finite thing, sort of increases the level of responsibility that you have to uh, to take that limited gift that you have and make the most of it. And that part of making the most of it involves responsibility to your your kids, uh, if you have them, and your grandkids, if they have them. Um, you know, to your elders who bring you up. That you have a you have a you're more. You know, this is if you only got one shot at it, you've got to get it right. And 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 I think. You know, the fact that that we as a species, I don't have children, so uh, I speak as someone as an observer of it, but, but like that we have that there are lots of people out there who have, you know, descendants. Right. And that our obligation in our finite time here is to try Why to make do you think sure we the have world have is children? as good as it could be for them going forward. That like so that I, I'm not sure that I that's I, my to the I, I think you can feel hey, that, right on. I think you can feel a profound sense of social and political responsibility. Uh, regardless of what your view is about these things, whether you think that – whether you're an atheist or whether you're a Christian or whether you're a Jew, whether you think there's an afterlife, whether you don't, I think all of those things still push you towards having, uh, having a – a sense of responsibility, a collective responsibility to try to, to make the, the place that you are for you and your descendants and the species and its descendants to make that place as, as habitable and sustainable and just as possible. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's not, a, I don't, I, that's not exactly a potted worldview for me, but that's I think that's the answer. No, I, think, I think that's the answer to the question of why you should yeah. give a shit if we're only here for one life. I don't think yeah. we
0: know anything. That's that's what I, that, I agree with that. I that think is... we don't know anything. I was <laughs> yeah. told if you take a guy that lived to be 100 years old and he partied all his life for 100 years and you take a guy that discovered the world for 100 years and that's all he did for 100 years at the end of the day they both would know nothing about the world This world, is, you know, it's um, it's unknowable. It's, it's, it's inconceivable. It's inconceivable. I, I you know, what it looks when you look at us on a, on a with a camera inside the um the atmosphere, and you see the other planets. It's almost like we're in a body. We're in some large body, and we're fucking probably a cancer or something in this body. Maybe. We're just you
2: know. bacteria. Yes. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's, Sorry to give you yeah. the impression that... I know. This is like... We're like, man. No, John. I just... You're, you're the we man. We are bacteria. Dude.
0: No, we are back. We are some nasty motherfuckers if we didn't get those shots. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't get those shots... Because right now, we go to those um, Jawas, those guys that's in India, on the island, that's never seen men for like 60,000 years. Seen, and if we go right there, if they don't kill us with the spears, we're going to kill them in two days or two weeks because yeah. we're fucking filthy. <laughs> Yeah. And we and we have shots, we have shots, and we're going to still kill them. Yeah, it's pollution. Yeah. So yeah.
1: what's like? I, what's in the? You guys don't like when you have to do this this podcast. I looked at the at the many guests who've been on it, and they it's, it's an awesome achievement. You guys have got this thing going. Um, there's some great conversations that have happened here, but you haven't had a lot of people in here who like talk. You guys don't talk a lot of politics in here, right? No, it's not like a thing you do. So, like, I'm curious. Like, what's your, you know, but I'm most down. most Let's people? Do it. Let's do it. Most people in the country right now, wherever they stand on the spectrum, feel like have a very strong reaction to the president of the United States. Like, yeah. a lot of people hate him. Some, a lot of people love him. He's got, you know, but it's very polarizing. And and yes. and the, there's a sense for a lot of people right now the stakes are really high. Right, that like somehow this presidency is a little different. You so go to your thing about like. You know, how many chances do you get? Like why on, on some level you could, you know, you say, well, you know, the president change, can change every four years. Why do we give a shit about any one of them? You know, there have yeah. been there have been a lot. There'll be a lot more, you know, anything's you know remediable down the line. And yet for a lot of people right now, they feel like Trump is different. It's not like right. they don't look at Trump and say, well, here's a president who's kind of he's here transiently. He'll maybe do some damage. Maybe he'll be good, depending on your point of view. But eventually he's going to go more people right now feel like it's a fucking four alarm fire. It's a state of emergency, like the country's at stake. The, that that the gravity of all this stuff, that Trump, again, whether you love him or hate him, either poses a unique uh, capacity to cha- to make America great again, or you think, like uh, most liberals and I would say a larger number of people, just statistically it's true that there are more people who don't like Trump than like him, You know, who are like, this guy's a threat to American democracy. Yeah. He could fuck the whole country up and we could never recover. Yeah. So that's how people feel right now out in the world. So I'm curious, like – you know, what do you guys think about that? Do you guys think this is, do you give a shit about I think, Trump?
0: I think American people panic too easy. They're quick to panic before they want to, um, what mean? What can I say, um, dissect the problem. Yeah. Oh shit, they're coming. Oh shit, the niggas are coming. Oh God, this. Oh God, this. <laughs> and um, we panic too much without analyzing the situation. Yeah. And that's what I believe in. Definitely that. And I believe Trump brings out of a lot of fears of us because a lot of people with that mentality believe whatever he says is true. Oh, shit, the Mexicans are coming to get us. We need the wall. Right. You know, it's not because, you know, some people could look at Trump and say, this guy's a fucking idiot or something. And then some guys can look at him and say he's right. He knows what he's talking about. Right. You know. But the the deal is, is that it's about you as a human being. The majority of the people work like this because I was one of them fucking poor slobs. We um we but we have no information. So only our information is just the television, which is lies. And after the television tells us what happened, we go out in the neighborhood and we explain what the television told us, and this is right. what's going to happen. Yeah. Now is that just um. Propaganda. Not only propaganda, but if that's just uh, such an um, antiquated way of getting information and believing information, it's a whoa, you know. Yeah. It's the people, it's our minds that are uh, molded. We've been molded for hundreds of years, thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years. And then we've been changing. You know, we go from slavery, we go from slavery, we go to surfism, then we go to um, communism, and then we go, try to go to a capitalism, and then. Um, Capitalism poison everything. It takes communism, and now we're gonna start selling things in communism. We'll sell pictures of Mao in communism. We'll still be communists, but that won't be bad. We we'll live, we we'll live like um, we we'll live like capitalists, and that's just what the world is going through. There won't be no more. On communism is only a name now. There's no actual communist that's really happening in the world. You know, that's right. just what's really happening. Not in the now, Laos, um, not in Cambodia, not in none of those not places. Russia. No, what are you? Which Russia? Russia is the most capitalist country in the world,
2: probably. But how is it run with the people? How is the economy?
0: Uh, The economy is magnificent. But listen, they need to. uh, Wow. I I don't (laughs) want to get there yet. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Uh, I I
2: want to answer John's question from my perspective. Please. I I think the title of your show, The Circus. Yeah is a perfect explanation of that,
0: it. I was just explaining a circus. Yes. Exactly. I was that's what am I thought I mean about? So, I mean so. You know,
2: to me it's So for John, you, it's so just for, a circus to me, man. I, I do it, I do, look there's and, no yes, I told you know, yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in it. And I'm very skeptical right. of my government. Well it's funny, know? I
1: think that there's a there's a lot um, like in that is like a lot of like you're not alone. You know, there's, like, millions of people like you. Like, that's a more common – you know, I live in this world where we all take politics really seriously. And I think – but I'll argue to the day I die that you should because it has a huge effect on millions and millions of people. But, we, you know, for the people who, like, follow this stuff day in and day out, they have very, you know, various opinions about things, right? And various opinions about people and assessments and what policies they favor, what personalities they like or don't, what they think is politically effective. In the end, though, they all feel like – there's a caring about it that much, like knowing that much at a detailed level and having those views, is sort of like conditioned on the notion that you think that it's a legit enterprise right that who's, right. who like that 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 these are the legitimacy of the whole thing of the whole game is inbuilt in that way of looking at it, but what I think is true is that if you go around and talk to a lot of people just in the country they don 't their their presumption isn 't that their presumption is that it 's all a fucking scam yeah and that like this the, the system you know these are part of the reasons why Trump was powerful right because like him talking you know you talk about the system you know Bernie Sanders and, and Trump are powerful in a lot of ways in, in a similar way at least they were in sixteen yeah. because they were like the system is rigged. Now, tr- yeah. Trump is full of shit about most of it. Yeah. But, but as a thing that people heard over and over again, which was, you know, I, the system is rigged. Everybody's kind of trying to fuck you over. And this whole thing in Washington is so fucking dysfunctional and so corrupt and such a fucking bunch of bullshit yeah. that what I'm going to do is I want to blow the whole fucking thing up. Yeah. And for a lot of people in 2016 who voted for Trump, it was like, and for Sanders yeah. in different ways, obviously yeah. totally different guys. Absolutely. And, and, but the set, that thing, I totally agree with that you. visceral thing for a lot of people was I know Trump's a clown. I know he's a fucking liar. Scumbag, I know he's not really possibly. a billionaire. I know all that stuff. There are a lot of voters who felt this way. I know all the things that are fucked up about him. And even I, I know he says this racist shit about, about Mexicans across the border. I know all that stuff, but you know what? Like, if I vote for the other person, the same shit's going to happen. It's just going to be more of the same shit. And the last, like, 30 years has just not helped me very much. Yeah. It's not really working out really well. So I'm willing to accept, I mean, again, I'm speaking here as a lot of people who voted for Trump, I think, we're part of, like, I know all the problems and I know all the risks. I get that he's all yeah. those fucked up things. But the only th- but I'm, I, at least he's going to change something. He's going to blow the whole thing up. He'll blow it up and
0: we'll see what happens. But I don't hey, think, but imagine I, this, guys. Imagine you're a fucking black person and no matter who I vote for, I'm still going to get killed by the fucking cops.
1: And another perfect example exactly. of the of the thing. So I think for a lot of people, there's just an element of like the, their frustration with the whole process and their sense that it's all not on the level, that it's like it's a scam in some way and that – that's why people, why so many people are are pissed and disenfranchised and dis and alienated from the whole thing, and it's how things like Donald Trump can happen. Yeah. Is when there's a lot of people who are looking at the whole thing, just going like, "Of you course, know, this is bullshit." Yeah. So let's blow it up. So I, I, I all I'm saying is, I think that is as you think about what's going to happen people are not less pissed off than they were 4 years ago yeah people are not less disenfranchised people are more pissed off now than they were 4 years ago all of the all of the stuff that was out there frustration the anger the distrust of the system the all the other fucking viscerally terrible negative things that are around in america all of the bad shit is not better it's just as volatile and fired up as it was then. So this makes yeah. it very hard. It's not going to be a normal election, you know, and Trump makes certain that it's not going to be a normal election because he doesn't give a shit about any of the rules who so do whatever the fuck he wants. So I just predict chaos. I guarantee you that anybody who's making, like, like certain predictions about what it's going to look like as this race unfolds, yeah. anybody who makes really certain predictions hey, about John. that is out of their fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. Out of their mind.
0: Hey, yeah. What do you know about your family? What, what are
1: you, Italian, Greek? Uh, that's a very good question, but it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. But that's probably for the best. Um, I'm an adopted child, so I, I literally – I know everything about my adopted family, but I know nothing about my about my genetic heritage. So You
0: know, I, oh, this is interesting you say that. I always say to certain people and to myself because um, I did a research on something. I found something out, and it really freaked me out. Yeah. So, um, I did a research on this guy and his name was Alexander Dumas from like the French Revolution yeah. and stuff back then. Yeah. And he's a mulat, he's a black guy, right? Yeah. His parents from Haiti and he was in he was in um Napoleon he even before Napoleon. Uh, um, he was in other guys too the sixteenth, Louis the sixteenth was in his army as well. So but he got in Napoleon's army when Napoleon got army. And so I did research on him and stuff and his sons and everything. And then um when I'm doing research, he was a he was a sword he's always go to war when the French um, revolution had the sword and so I'm, I'm following his ancestry, right? I'm so awesome at that, right? so I'm follow- and then um I realized that um in forty eight uh forty eight and forty, forty probably in the thirties, his family um they turned they changed their name from Dumas he married some Jewish man to Oppaheimer. They become sw- they become um fencers. He's a swordsman in the war. They become fencers. They win Olympics, they're in the Olympics and stuff. Yeah,
1: that's amazing.
0: Incredible, yeah. right? Yeah. But isn't, this is what I'm saying. This is only 200 years. He goes from black. Now he's um, a white Jewish guy. Wow. So I wonder sometimes who was my first bloodline male? Who was the first one? Where did he come from? Was he black? Who was he? You learn more about your family as you did,
1: you know, various things over time, right? You for a long time you didn't know very much. No, no and no, then shit. and then you found like you for yeah. some of the yeah for some of the stuff you've done in media you've yeah. kind of like looked at it right.
0: And on my um. Half-brothers did a lot of research. Yeah. yeah. And so
1: what's like, what of all the stuff that you learned about your family, uh, what's like, what was the stuff that blew your mind most?
0: Education, musically inclined. I'm not educated I'm not music- musically inclined, but that was forced in that bloodline. Right. And so most of these guys are teachers, mm. musicians, and stuff like that. My son loves music and some genetics. Right. So awesome. My mother was a teacher. It's just what it was. That's what they did. That was important and their life during the Reconstruction, education was important, important. Entertainment was important to them. You know what I mean? My brother was the first guy to interage, um, that, interage, that integrated football in his school in North Carolina, mm. football. He was a great football player in high that wow. school.
2: That's awesome. It's great to learn all of that.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's like. Uh... But what I saw from my, my, my family, like the party, they always wore out. They like dressing up, looking nice. it's you know, they're very southern, so they got their money on their birthday. They tape the money on their their clothes for their birthday, so you see money so celebrating somebody's birthday. That's cool. Very country people, very country. Well,
2: Mike, you're not formally educated, but you're an educated man.
0: That's probably my insecurity for not being formally into. Yeah, I'm educated. I wanted to just know everything. And everything I know, I realize it's a lie, but if you know it, just knowing a lie is knowing something. <laughs> you know, just knowing these lies is make you somebody. Just because they're lies. Everybody knows there's lies, but if you know them, you're cool. I know nothing but a bunch of lies, but people think I'm smart. How am I smart? Because I know lies. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, uh, I understand that.
0: It Yeah. Um, So where are we? Where are we? What do you want to talk about, man? Anything. Wait,
2: I had a question before. What about the
0: lady? What's her name again? Which lady?
1: This is going to be a close election. You know, Trump could easily get beat and Trump could easily still win. And there's a lot of ways it could go either way. I I mean, I really there's no it's it's, you look at what happened last time. You look at all the stuff we talked about before about what's going to happen this time. I think there's, you know, you could easily imagine a series of things unfolding where Trump was able to win because for a, bri- for a variety of causes. And there's just so much anti-Trump Why feeling out the there. Why is it important to you, Democrats. John?
0: Who's president?
1: Ah, uh, because I think the person who's president is, uh, in the end, exerts uh, not not sole power, but an awful lot of power over a whole bunch of stuff that affects pretty much everybody in the country. You know, like there's, you know, federal policy. Of one kind or another, there's nobody in the planet who's not affected either adversely or beneficially by yeah, by listen, a bunch of federal policies. That's so I think true. It-
0: that's true. But listen, if us, if us as people in America was collectively caring and loving for each other and cared for each you and saw people in trouble and, and went in and got involved with them and helped them get out of trouble. Yes. We wouldn't care who was president because well, we could, we could str- um, um, drive off for each other.
1: I think there's a... I think the, pre- I think the government... Uh, that's not a real world. I think the government broadly defined is going to, you know, in a, in a country of 350 million people, the government is going to play a big role in everybody's life. Whether it's... Some people has a bigger role, some people has a smaller role. But there's... Once you recognize that there's people who who need... Healthcare, they need education. They need a bunch of really basic things. No matter what your vision of government is, maybe there's a world in a fantasy where everybody just collectively bands together and provides everything for each other. That's not been the history of any place I've ever heard of. Any place in the on planet Earth ever. So I, I'm all for people caring about each other more, for community-based stuff, for volunteerism. For we're people. not made
0: for that stuff, though. I would be honest. We're well, not made for we're, that we're, stuff. Uh, we have not, afraid. like I said,
1: the history of the country is filled with violence, meanness, greed, nastiness, as well as Altruism and optimism and and, and progress—they
0: always exist in balance. It's easy for us to fight, than it is for us to be friendly. Though, well, what we
1: we do. We have done both, and it has been—it's a seesaw back and forth. And they both exist in the country at the same time. There's like there's a lot of division. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of oppression. And there's also a bunch of really great stuff that goes on for a lot of people who have like who are, you know, it's both right. And so. Given that it's both and given the country's so big and so complicated, the government is going to matter no matter what. And if the government matters, so the The president doesn't get to control everything. And he, in fact, has a lot of constraints on his power. The president has enough power, even with all the constraints on him, to be able to institute a border policy in which migrant, immigrant, illegal immigrant, uh, undocumented immigrant children can be t- torn away from their Thank and you. were torn away from their parents and put in cages. OK, so I think like. A different president wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And this president did that. So that's why, like, just you want to pick one example why it matters who's president? That's why it matters who's president. Because yeah, that guy gets is, to decide some stuff that has a pretty fucking major effect on some lives in a very direct way. I mean, this is my
2: worst. And a lot of case. other reasons.
1: <laughs>
0: Listen, yeah. we we're, as we're Americans and stuff are always willing to give. Um, Some kids over in Africa giving Malaysia a bunch of stuff, people in Somalia. We're always willing to give But we're not taking care of our minorities over here. We're not taking care of our poor over here.
1: Mike makes a great point.
0: Not I, the not about the Foreign Aid no, Party. Why we we do well, we care about these other countries? We don't give a fuck about blacks here. Why do we care about blacks in Africa? I I do man. not think
1: I do not think we have to in a in a in a world that's not I, don't know, I think we can care dude.
0: about both, Mike, right? Can we care about no,
1: both? We can care what? about we can care about both, right? No, about but but we, should we care don't about though, both. but why don't we? Well why I don't, don't that's we? That's a deep question. Why I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But I think that you know why are we gonna keep
0: getting killed from cops to the end of the fucking world? My great grandkids are gonna see cops kill black people.
2: Can I tell you my theory on that, Mike? I don't disagree with that. Mike, you know, just like the black community has its scars yeah. of the past that lived through Mike's it. brought
1: it up a couple times today. So Rightly do so.
2: white European descent Americans because this country or that group of people, for the for the most part, has failed to acknowledge the horrors of many past actions. Yeah, sure. That this country is built on, and so refusing responsibility over any of that gives us this psychological—I don't know—prison that when do we've we built when, around when ourselves. Do, when do
0: we? When does it stop? Is it going to last for another two thousand? What? A hundred thousand? A million years? Are going to continue to go? Are we going to ever learn? Maybe when. Both
2: sides can reconcile the the past. I don't know if that's something that's possible. You know, what the, possible. An, you know
1: what the answer is three hundred fifty toad. million toads. <laughs> like you know, you get the toads. Three hundred fifty million toads. Widely distributed toads and and the practice of licking them could, could change a lot. But in terms you, of the outlook.
0: why are people so so predictable? Why are people only certain ways and we know they're that way and they can't be any other way?
1: But look, I agree. I'll tell you what I what you said a second ago that I agree with is, you know, the reality is that, like, there's a lot of people who, you know, no doubt – like, look, you know, you start talking about historical disadvantage, historical oppression, historical rape and pillage and plunder. The African-American community got – are way ahead of everybody in terms of having been fucked over by America for a long time. There's no doubt about that. But your yes. point, though, there's other point, which is, you know – I think it's at, at least part of side. your point. Probably, part of your point is that there's, there's, yeah, there's definitely a flip side. But there's also, you know, you can there's, there's disadvantage and you know, you and You at and, it
0: like this. See, I understand what you're saying, but like, and I understand what you're saying about your white. Listen, white. Um, say, say you're a white um immigrant and you come here, you're Irish guy. If you make it. You can get some flags yeah. and then you made in a society. I, the, the, like I said, there, I think there's no doubt
1: that there's no more pain. No, right? there, there's yeah. no, no, there's no doubt yeah. that as a class, that as a class, that African Americans are like. But more, why doesn't
0: doesn't stop? Are more fucked up. Wow, dude, man. Why yeah. does it never stop? Mike keeps
1: asking me these existential questions about like you know like that I have the no, answer. you have to answer. Why is
0: it never? I don't have the
1: answer, man. I don't yeah. know. Theory. Why do humans? Why Mike? Why do humans? Why? Uh, why does every human that's ever lived on planet Earth have like some kernel of hatred in his heart or her heart? Like you know. Hatred is mm. is a it's there's as far as I know in the history of hu- of humankind, you know there have been you know people there's been hate you know it's what it is, you know I don't know why that is I don't know I mean I, that's a that's a that's a different level question but the reality is that you know the f- division op- oppression anger violence crime uh, you know. Sexism, racism—that stuff has characterized every society to one degree or another, pretty much as ever been on planet Earth. I don't know why it is, but it's a, why persistent, is, why it's a we it's persistent. Why do we, we? can not
0: learn from our path and um, fucking re- make a different life for, for our future?
1: Well, I think a lot of people try. A lot I of people are trying. From- a lot of people are trying to do that, and, and some, yeah. people, some people less, and some people more. But like I, you know, I think there's a, you know. It's a, it's a struggle, right? So it's the constant struggle. It's not going to change anytime so soon. So what do
0: you think about um so your, your job is to your show the circus, right? Yeah. So what is your basic um synopsis of the circus?
1: Well, you know, we basically do a show that's a, a, on showtime that's a, a, a weekly real-time documentary about politics. So, you know, that we've we started out in 2016 as a campaign show. We were covering the presidential campaign on a weekly basis. So, we would go out every week at the beginning of the week and we'd shoot with a bunch of crews and shoot all week long. Our our show's not like we don't do like archival historical. We're like in the moment of that week. So, what we shoot from Monday to Saturday is what goes into the episode that you see on Sunday. So, it's not live television. We're obviously we've got four or five often crews out shooting 8 hours a day and we're sort of making as we go through the week. We start out with an idea of what the episode is going to look like, but as events occur, we adapt to the world. So we're trying to both do sort of like tell you what happened last week in politics that matters and also kind of tell you a story. So it's not just like a news digest of like here's a list of important things. It's like we're out trying to sort of stitch together a little mini-documentary but one that's alive to the world of breaking news and, like, what's happening in the world. So if Donald Trump does something on Thursday that changes the arc of our narrative, we got to pivot and kind of reorient the show. It, I don't really think anybody's ever tried to do anything like it before. It's a really, really hard show to make and also a, a really rewarding show it's to work dope. on. Um, and it's different. It looks different. Then
0: is it internationally just locally?
1: That, it's it, we we only can focus. We're only we're focused on American politics. We yeah. we can only we only do that there. I think there should be. I think it'd be cool to do the circus in a bunch of different other countries. Yeah, and yeah, I anyway, would imagine it's a, a trip. I it? have a lot for, Ever since the Brexit thing started, I thought you know if I were in London, I'd be trying to make the circus huh. uh, a, a a British Brexit focused circus would be a great thing to do.
0: What do you think about that? The Brexit, what? the Brexit, whatever Brexit, yeah, the Brexit. Yeah.
1: Uh, i think it's a big fucking mistake there was a, a sizable number of people you know the project of of integrating the various countries of europe into a single th- structure was like a decades long project that has been complicated and some countries have embraced it more than others britain's always been a little bit on the edge of it they and they feel like they're part of europe but kind of apart from europe right. and so the forces you know when they took it the, to the country and said do you want to stay in the european union or do you want to exit meaning brexit right it was a big deal and a very close vote, and a lot of people just assumed that the that the that the stay campaign staying in Europe would win and then there was a surprise thing that happened in the same year that Donald Trump got elected mm. it you know there was a loud populist nativist argument which was basically in the country saying if we 're part of Europe, Europe exerts too much control over us, we lose autonomy they're trying to impose European values on us, and we want to be We're Britain. We're Britain. We're We're Britain. Britain. we got to be alone. we got to be – we can go it alone, right? And the economics of it are terrible for Britain and they're going to suffer enormously. And everybody who – I think what happened in the campaign was the people who thought that staying in Europe was the right thing to do, which economically for the country's well-being, it was the right thing to do. And the project of European integration had largely worked for Britain. But the people who thought that – like, sort of, got lazy about making the argument. They were like, mm. "Well, we're obviously going to win."
0: Yeah. Britain, has, Britain has so many billionaires that live there, and that is true. And a lot of them so are not from and a lot of them are not from Britain. A lot we're of them from Russia, and China, a lot of from Russia, Russia and other places. Yeah. Mm.
1: So I think they got you know they that loud, Trumpy, yeah. like isolationist argument got was able to win partly because the other side kind of got lazy and, yeah. and, and complacent about making it. And now it's just been a fucking mess mm. because as soon as the vote happened. There was like immediately people said, "Did we really just do that? Like mm-hmm. really? Like what? Like uh, what the fuck? I mean, there was literally for about a week in Britain, there was a thing of everyone going, Hey, what about the wealth gap? Wait a minute, what the fuck? Huh. What the fuck did we just do? Did we? Re- no, that wasn't supposed to happen. This was man, supposed Britain to like
0: really fucked up, man.
1: So then they've spent now the last basically two years, like more than two years now, trying to like figure out like okay, like how do we do this in a way that won't destroy the fucking country? Right. Like you know, like uh, 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 wait a second. Okay, we voted to do it, and the vote was legit, but if we do it." The country is going to fuck. be fucked. So they've spent basically two and a half years unsuccessfully trying to figure out a way to be like, OK, we're going to honor the will of the voters and we're going to exit. But we're still going to like be enough part of Europe that the economy and the financial markets aren't going to collapse. And okay. they have not been able to figure that shit out. That's the bottom line. Britain right now is more fucked up than America. I and like, think, if, if we've lost it. We've lost a, prim, a prime minister who hey couldn't guys, figure it I out.
0: No one knows. Is, the world is moving in a, in a direction that we in, in a speed that we just. um it's inconceivable. It is correct. It is totally correct. Absolutely it is the thing. Did. The main thing that has
1: characterized my career covering politics uh for now since nineteen since nineteen eighty sorry since nineteen ninety basically, nineteen ninety, so twenty-nine years. The main thing has been an increase in chaos, unpredictability, black swan events, shit people nobody said would never happen happening. Um and and big, like, shocks to the system that made the pool of people who are interested in politics bigger. Like, and, and, and the polarization thing of people being definitively on one team or the other. Like, when we were all growing up, people basically looked at politics. It was like, oh, we have a presidential election every four years. I'm going to pay attention to that really for the last two months of the election. From, like, Labor Day to, to Election Day, I'll pay attention every four years. It was sort of like the way a lot of people thought about Wall Street, right, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, big huge part of the American economy. I only pay attention when there's a crash or a giant boom, right? And and people basically were many people were of the mind whether you'd say, well, are you a Democrat or Republican? They'd say, oh, I'm a Democrat, but they voted for Republicans sometimes if they liked them, or they were right. ticket splitting habit all the time. Yeah. Over the last thirty years, like if you think about the Clinton election, then the the recount in two thousand, the, the 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 Iraq War. Barack Obama gets elected. Donald Trump gets elected. Every single one of those things was sort of a "what the fuck" moment, and the church of like who cares about politics just got bigger, and it became more and more part we of. politics. We need a woman president now. That's that. Uh, many people agree with that, and I'm certainly Absolutely. one. I'm certainly one of them. Absolutely, I think a woman president would be a great thing, and it's too way too long. It's way way too long for that. But that thing of more and more people being interested in politics because it's gotten. You can't be that
0: like that lady in England, May. She can't be like Charlize May. that bad I, shit. Well.
1: She did not do a great job dealing with the Brexit thing. But that thing of, like, getting more, more people caring because more shocking shit has happened and has been more part of the popular culture, that's one big thing. And then the fact of nobody now saying, oh, I'm a Democrat, but I vote for a Republican. Everybody's like, I'm on Team Blue. I'm on Team Red. Right. And back in the old days, like, when people, like, cared a lot about, like, for, like, inter – like, there's a, you know, a time when we were first growing up. Like, people didn't want their kids to get married outside their faith, right? It's like, you know, you don't want to marry a Catholic boy. You don't want to marry a Jewish girl. You got to stay within the faith or within the race. Don't marry a black person or you can't marry a white person. Now it's like, you know, we got interracial marriage, a lot of it, um... A lot of interfaith marriage, but what you now hear is this thing where it's like you. What the thing that people care about is don't let your daughter marry a Republican, yeah, or don't let your son marry a Democrat. Like that's the thing that people now are like, oh no 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 no, I I don't really care who my daughter marries, but if she marries a fucking Republican,
0: hello, did you see Arnold Schwarzenegger get drop kicked? Yeah, where? Oh, show it, dude. Where? Fuck, show man, that's a dirty motherfucker. Did this man,
2: dude, he got fucking drop yeah, kick. drop kicks that's Bro. why I don't
0: hang out in fucking
1: Africa man that's so, so I'm by, by, Africa. by drop kicks you mean like a physical thing that happened yeah, to him yeah uh,
0: well Mil Mascari used to do the motherfuckers this is not like a uh look at her, the bullet coming of this guy that's yeah shit. that's crazy uh-
2: crazy <laughs> We were watching that yesterday. Boy,
0: coming out this guy. I'm um, kick video. Look yeah. at this, Oh, dude. the kick look video. At, oh, this is bullshit. Look at this. Oh, he should shoot. Oh, they got. They got to put this guy in jail, man. Look at this. Look. So oh, look at this, man. This is not cool, though. This is not cool. Look, this. Oh, look how she's jumping rope. She's jumping her ass off. Killing her. Look it. at that girl. Arnold Fuck. looks great. He does. Looks great. Oh, not now. Wait till you see him. a few minutes. How oh, you saw that girl jump rope? That's incredible. Oh shit. Oh. Look at that! Oh, they got that motherfucker! Oh, they got a, they got that motherfucker! What like, kind of bullshit
2: what the was that? Uh, what kind so of that? Fuck! What kind of so that guy ran up and kicked
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger in the back of the head? Oh, you know he's yeah. in, he's in South Africa. You know they beating his black ass. But like, is that what jail. happened? Oh, they beating his motherfucker! Is, is that what ass. happened? Yes. Well, we
2: appreciate you coming out, Mike's a big
0: Mike, you're a big YouTube fan, right? Oh, yeah. You love YouTube. Yeah, right? I love it I, all night, all so night. I'm gonna leave here and go home and watch it till I fall asleep at like four in the morning. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. just,
1: just YouTube's. Yeah. Like, does the video after video.
0: Everything. Anything I heard some. St- I, troops, I heard everything.
1: I heard some statistic recently that you're like of all the people who've ever been watched on YouTube, like in the history of YouTube, that you're like like a, you have a pretty high ranking.
2: He's like number
0: three. You on what? On YouTube. YouTube clips. I don't know about what are you talking about. You, you most know, viewed
1: person. Yeah, like the, the, you know, YouTube, right? We were just talking about YouTube clips, right? So I, was, I believe it's the case that because there's so many clips of you out there in the world that mm-hmm. among all the people who played video clips on YouTube ever in history, like you're pretty close to the top of the list of the most viewed clips because all your knockout clips are like have been circulating for years and years and years. I'm a pretty dark person. <laughs> you're a pretty dark <laughs> person. Who
2: is the most
1: – You do seem like a dark person to me, man. Oh, I got some – yeah, I got
0: some shady parts. Well, I <laughs> – I, I,
1: I got some shade on me, dude. That I, that I don't – that I do not uh, at all uh, – I would not contest. But the shade,
0: but you know – I would not quibble
1: with that assessment but, um, for but, sure.
0: But the toad took a lot of stuff away. The toad showed me the light, man. I'm telling you. Didn't care about anybody. Didn't give a fuck. Had girls, had this, had everything on the world, doing drugs, didn't give a fuck about nobody, all this shit and I did the total and I never saw those people again in my life. Never had no more never did anything, all you know, was over. You're trying, to, you're, trying,
1: you're, you're trying to get a stat here. Yeah, i trying you can't to get a stat. You can't get a stat. This is um, bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's uh, the worst, man. Fuck this. You know, the, the internet just really. Just, fuck I this. I, can, I don't understand what it is. It's fucking internet. great, but it's also just a bunch of. It's, really, it, it's really yeah. giant, huge fucking hair, hairball. Like yeah. a con, hairball bullshit. Right? You know, a bullshit burger. Fuck. You get on there and you try to. What kind of food do you eat? I just want to have, like, you just want to. you like, I got a really simple question. I just want the answer to this question. I just want to play it. And it's like, and you can't get the answer you want. A simple thing. A simple. Simple thing like John. You know, yeah. What kind of food do you eat? Man, I, uh, I like um, food of all kinds, Mike.
0: What kind of food do you
1: eat, John? I, I eat, I, I do, man. I have like a very, very broad palate. So I eat a lot of food. Like, what do you mean? Like, am I a vegetarian? I am not. I'm a carnivore. Yeah. I enjoy uh, food of uh, very lowbrow food and highbrow food. You eat a
0: lot of beef and I like meat? I love beef, man. Like I meat? love a
1: good steak. You?
0: No. No, Mm-mm. you went vegan a while ago, right? Yeah, I'm vegan now, but I can't. You know what? When I was eating, when I eat a lot of meat, it hurts. When I fucking shit, I can't shit when I eat a lot of meat. I can't fucking shit. You know what I think the solution to that is? What? Don't eat meat. I, I, I exactly. There agree.
1: you go. I'm, Done. I'm 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 not Michael Pollan, but I, I know enough about nutrition. You know, what, if so I fancy. can't fuck shit, but if I can't shit,
2: fuck.
1: <laughs> fuck.
2: If I can't fuck shit. If okay. I can't shit, fuck. fuck. It's so true, oh, man. That is like that. Words
1: to live I swear, by, like that. We're done. We're done. This podcast right. is over. That's like <laughs> drop the it mic. Doesn't, doesn't this music. Hey, John. You seriously. You don't get anything better. You, can than, wrap you don't this get a up. better kicker than that. Yeah. That's yeah. like that's the end. Let's wrap this actually, up. Actually, it's probably the only thing for the podcast to check. Thank you so much. Bro. Really, thank you.
2: Thank you, dude. Love that was really a lot love. Of This time. is like
1: a good... This is a,
2: yes, a good... You got a good thing going good thing here, thing man. Here. We love going to work. Mike, great episode, man. Man, one of the best, man. John, thank you if so I much. Where I, can people find you? Yeah, information, man. Let if people know.
1: If I can't... Fuck. Shit. But if I can't shit... Fuck. Ah. <laughs>
2: so true. Man, it's fucking the best. Uh,
1: you know, check out the Circus on Showtime. We'll be back in the fall. Um, I'm also on MSNBC a fair amount. And, uh, you know... Like just you know, pay attention. Yeah. At J Heil on Twitter. At J Heil on insta. At J. Heilman on Instagram. J H E I L E M A N N. You know, follow me on social. I do some shit there. Not like not like, not like not like these guys do. Monsters of social media. No, no way. Monsters. We just, just want to know
0: what life's about. I'm I'm not, not, we just want to put the how positivity people, out how how there. Man. Perspective on life, because you know, people. A lot of people walk around here all day and they're living life, in, and then all of a sudden they say, "Wow, it's almost over. I'm gonna die. So what the fuck is going to happen?" Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like your uh, I like this next chapter in your life man. Thank I like you. it good. Right? I like it. I like it. It's good. I like it on a variety of levels. I like the I like the uh I like the self-discovery piece. I like the toad piece. I like the business piece of it. It's like a good, like, you're heading into, a, into an excellent new chapter, it feels like I, Hey,
0: listen, I never thought this would ever happen in my life. I always thought oh, this shit, I'm going to die. soon. this is going to be over, man. I'm going to catch E, So I'm going to get fucking shot by this guy by fucking his wife or something crazy like that. And um, <laughs> everything just came to, no, really, guys. Every, I know, you know brother, I know. Just dude, nobody's
2: making fun of man. Dude, I, I laugh because it's just so amazing to hear you be so honest about yeah, it. You know, and you put crazy. it so matter of factly and so beautifully that it's just it causes me inspiration inside.
0: No, but you know what listen I didn't know how to live. Yeah. Like I was champ, I had money, I had every all these um everything at my back and I didn't know how to live. I didn't know what to fucking do. Like I said,
1: it's one of the great American stories. Uh, I'm not kidding. It's, it's like it's truly tr- tr- it's like one of the great American stories, and it's then it, it's not over yet, which yeah. makes Thank it God. like I love I love the story where the big question is what's going to happen next. That's Hell like yeah. that's the thing that propels yeah. propels every great narrative, and that's what I want to know about Mike Tyson. What's going to happen
0: next? We're going to conquer the world, buddy. Alexander the Great, baby. All day we're not
2: turning back. Mike, maybe you're so interested in Alexander the Great because you're the reincarnation. No, of I, I don't the know. Whoa. No. Boom, we're done. Listen, Close all I the go, time. Go, yeah, we better Close go. It's lunchtime. We, we love you guys. Check we us better. out on YouTube. <laughs> Subscribe to our channel. Thank I'm you, Evan Britton. Job. That's Mike Tyson. This is John Heileman. We're out of here. Love y'all. Peace.
3: Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Aiton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Aiton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers. There too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season BetOnline.net has all the action Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing and let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. BetOnline has you covered. If you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website use your mobile device and bring home the game with betonline.net